All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the State of the League podcast, the only podcast where we're running through every single team in the league, every single team, even your garbage fucking 7 and 28 San Antonio Spurs, even though even the Blazers, even everybody. We're running through all of them. We're running through the highest highs, the lowest lows, and a new update for you guys. This week, it's the first week. If you have ever looked at me and Pablo and been like, damn, I have got to give these guys money. The second episode this week is going <laughs> to be on Patreon. We're, we're running through the East for the free episode this week. We're going to talk about Terry Rozier. I know everybody's salivating over that. We're going to talk about Doc Rivers. And then for the Western Conference, we're going to record that after the Nuggets-Sixers game tonight, maybe in a couple days. And that is going to go up on our Patreon. It's $5.00. We will love you of a bunch. There's, We're going to do extra perks. There will probably be some shit like a Discord. I don't have it all written down next to me. But if you want to support us, that's the perfect fucking way to do it. So so please, 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 I'm begging you for money online. Please do that. Uh, Pablo, how you doing today? Please sign up, guys. Please. <laughs> Get me out of my car. Free Pablo. Um, no, oh, man. Yeah, this. What a blast. Listen, it's. Yeah. Sorry, guys. But, but yeah. <laughs> we need money. I mean, I, I. it's not like I don't fuck with you guys. It's just that money is a tangible thing in this world. And unless you want to organize around us. You guys Sports Illustrated. <laughs> We both got laid off. We were both working there before. Yeah, of two big Sports Illustrated journalists here. Um, so that's that's uh, patreon.com slash state of the league if you guys are interested. Uh, cracking off the top of the East, the Boston Celtics. Who else? They've been there the entire time. Um, they're three and one in their last four games. The one loss is the big fancy home loss to Denver. Uh, they beat the dog shit out of the, the Heat in Terry Rozier's debut game. And if he's going to light them up in the playoffs, it was definitely a secret in this game. And then they also have two single-digit wins over the Rockets and Mavs. Do you have any big thoughts on the Celtics right now? No, not really at all. They're they're basically in the same place they have been all year long. Um, uh, Porzingis had that injury scare. Had they had a moment where they faced their mortality, where he was like landing on someone else's foot, and they're like, "No, it's all come crashing down." But I think he's okay. Um, Joe Missoula calls uh, Porzingis and Jalen Brown cookies and cream. So that's that's all I got for them. <laughs> wow, thanks, Joe Missoula. That's almost <laughs> as I don't know that. It, that one just like feels weird to me when I sit down and think <laughs> about it. I'm like, I'm like, okay, it's because I wanted to be like, that's almost as bad as LeBron like doing the Karate Kid bow to Rui Hachimura in their handshake, oh. and <laughs> ostensibly cookies and cream. That's just like an extension of ebony and ivory or something. I can I can get down with that. That's fine, but uh, yeah, um, I don't know. What, which the, the, was around first, cookies and cream or Oreo? Did Oreo invent cookies and cream or no? I don't know. I think I'm gonna go out on a limb and say yes. I'm a big Oreos guy. Oreos. This could we could you could sponsor us if you want Oreos. Shout out to them. Uh, because it feels like nobody would think to be putting like that chocolate graham crackery type wafer into ice cream before Oreos kind of dropped that knowledge on people. That was man. That was game changing. I'm not. Oh man. I wonder where they were selling first. We we got to. Subscribe to the Patreon for a deep dive on the history of Oreos. 
I mean, yeah, like uh, now I want to Google it. I'm just going to do it. Oreos, <laughs> Oreos when invented. Uh, I wonder if they're like a World's Fair thing. Like, oh, the oh, Chicago okay. World's Fair. <laughs> they were invented. The Oreo biscuit first developed and produced by Nabisco in 1912. Uh, okay. Okay. It was it was closer to like a like a big ice cream sandwich back then. I don't think they really had shelf stable cream mm-hmm. to put in between cookies in 1912. But I would still love to try it. I'm on board for anything. Any Oreo. Uh, I'm rocking with Oreos and the Boston Celtics. I'm rocking with them too. Uh, the big the big bullet point I had this week is just that like this doesn't feel like we've learned anything new about the team since the Denver game. Uh, the Porzingis ankle thing was pretty scary, but like beyond that, yeah, none of these teams are as good as the Celtics. They beat all the teams they're supposed to beat. That's kind of the shit that they've been on all season. Yeah, they they they're they're just they're just waiting waiting for June. Yes. And speaking of people who are waiting for June and will definitely make it to June with this coaching staff, uh, the Milwaukee Bucks have shaken shit up. Adrian Griffith, get your bum ass out of here. I know Giannis specifically wanted to hire you. He's mad now. He's a fickle guy. He's big and he's angry. and He doesn't want to talk to you. He doesn't want to shake your hand on the bench. He wants to shake Doc Rivers' hands. The Buck, uh, The Bucks, they fired Adrian Griffin like after two pretty tight losses or two tight wins to the Pistons, I should say. And then 12 hours later, Doc Rivers was hired at the head coach position. He had been like a consultant for them for a couple weeks at this point, I believe. And so now he's just like officially the coach. I don't like this hire. It feels like a step forward, but it doesn't feel like a full tier of difference in terms of like the team ceiling. How are you feeling about the Bucks right now? I hate it. Like like everybody else, I hate it. There's no reason. I, I'll never I don't understand how this guy is not only getting another chance, getting a, treated as if like this is bringing in a star coach. He's uh, 40 million for three and a half years. Uh, it's insane. I when when I found out about the consulting part, I was like, oh, my God. So Adrian Griffin knew that this is probably going to happen. Like if you're a new coach. And they're like, hey, by the way, you have to meet with this other established coach and talk to him about basketball. He's going to tell you what you're doing wrong. you got to do that for us. You have to know, like, okay, yeah. So I'm – why did they even hire me if they're going to do this? It's <laughs> like when when David Blatt was with the Cavs and they hired Ty Lue, uh, like – like if you don't get to pick the assistant coach and they're like, yeah, you have to have this guy on the bench. Then I'm always like, okay, you're done for it. They're just, but I, I don't know why they do that. Cause then they have to pay your coaching salary, but it's, I don't know. I wonder if it's ever worked out in the history of basketball where they hire the new guy, they force them to hire an assistant. And then uh, they, that maybe things end up going great and they don't uh, fire him. But yeah, I'm not into the doc move. Um, as, as Blake Griffin has told us, not great with adjustments. Kind of been a thing with Doc Rivers. Um, not not at the top of the game tactically. So when he's going up against the minds of Eric Spolstra, of Nick Nurse, of maybe Joe Missoula, he's you're, you're not super confident. But he's a personality management guy, except everyone hates him. Uh, all the stars <laughs> he's ever coached hate him. Uh, he trashes people public uh, publicly all the time. I guess 
well, mostly when they're done playing for him. But even when they're still playing for him, he can he can say some some bad pretty, things pretty that you don't want to hear. Stuff. Yeah, like yeah. Ben Simmons. That's a that's a fun throwback. I, that, I oh feel man, kind of gets lost in the uh, white water current that it like the torrential downpour of shortcomings that is uh, Doc Rivers' career is just the fact that like he was up in the post game press conference just being like, yeah. Ben was not great. I, I know I know that this is like a team loss, and I know I didn't do my job either, but he for damn sure didn't do his job. Jesus <laughs> Christ, did you see that guy? And so, yeah, uh, I don't know. Part of me is like, like the only zag I could possibly think of to public opinion here is the fact that Rivers is probably a step up in terms of like regular season floor raising for this team. And I feel like they might be in a better position if they had just started the season with him. And you probably don't get Giannis to sign the extension if you make that decision. So like, I'm probably still on board with signing Griffin if it means Giannis signs that extension. But I think Rivers is a better regular season coach than Griffin. It's just that like, yeah, when you get into any matchup, even like, like the fact that I have to think about it with Joe Missoula as the matchup, I'm like, hmm, who would I rather have? That's <laughs> such a damning condemnation to like a guy who's been coaching professionally for since like 1994 or something. It's like a crazy long run that he's had as like a in some form of being an NBA coach, whether it's an assistant or a head coach. And the whole time he's just what what have you learned, bro? Where are well, how are we doing the same shit? Fucking twenty years later, that does not make it. Thirty years later, now it's twenty twenty four. Oh my god, uh, yeah. So I don't know. Beyond that, um, as far as like the Bucks' actual basketball play, uh, the big the the game that stuck out to me was their loss to the Cavs, who have been playing really good basketball lately. Giannis only took thirteen shots. Dame had 22 on 7 of 24 shooting and my only take I don't really like that approach to offense for them I think Giannis should be the guy with 30 shots and him collapsing the defense uh it's it's a lot more reliable it's pretty much always going to be there and then once the defense is kind of like flooding towards the rim trying to stop him then you can kind of play outwards off of that and get Dame more involved I don't think having Dame try and open up the defense for Giannis reversely. I, I don't like that approach. So yeah, that was my big take. The Cavs also fucking rock. They're a really good defense lately. So it's not like the worst loss in the world or anything. Um, yeah, they, the only, I don't really know what, um, what Doc Rivers is going to come in and change immediately. Cause like they already, they already changed, uh, Griffin wanted to be super aggressive with the defensive scheme. And then they were like, hey, let's go back to dropping back uh, Brooke Lopez and, and dealing with things that way. It, Giannis has come out and said, uh, we, do, we don't have any uh, mission. Like for, for many years, the Bucks, uh, what did they what did they concede? Did they concede threes or did they concede mid-range shots? There was I th- I actually, I think they might have allowed more threes. Crap, I should have double threes, checked. Threes sounds right, just off the top, because, like, you have Drew out there, but then pretty much everyone else is, like, focused on interior, inside the arc defense, at least. Like, Middleton was a solid isolation wing defender type guy, but in terms of guys who are, like, flying out and really contesting three-pointers, that's not 
what I mentally associate the Bucks with, at least. I associate them with, like, just smothering rim protection between Lopez and Giannis's help side shit a lot. Yeah. For for many years, they had a very specific identity um, where they're like, we're always going to let these types of shots in. And I guess this year under Griffin, uh, Giannis is like, we're letting <laughs> shots in from everywhere. He's like, you have to pick up something. You have to concede something. Like, you're not going to be able to cover everything. You have to concede an area of the floor. So we'll see. We'll see how Doc Rivers uh, runs the defense. I, I would assume they probably just uh, keep things the same. Um, but and then offensively, I think you you got to run more Damon Giannis pick and roll. That that was like that was the whole thing that everyone was excited mm-hmm. about. And I think it's good, but they just don't do it that much. Or Adrian Griffin didn't do it that much. So um, uh, yeah. Like, I don't know. I was just going to say, like, the Damon Giannis pick and roll to me, if you're, like, flipping through games and you throw on a Bucks game for 15 minutes, you should see that pick and roll two or three times. And it just has, like, that's not been the case this season. Uh, And when you get into the postseason, and that's one thing I think uh, Doc Rivers, if he just fucking spams that all year, that will help with at the bare minimum is just, like, having them ready to run that pick and roll as much as they possibly can in the mm. postseason and like that's the foundation on which they're going to generate offense in like a tough half court setting when the game slows down situation uh and yeah i don't know that's i i fear the man who's practiced ten thousand kicks that's the <laughs> kick you should be practicing bro adrian griffin's got him practicing all this bullshit and you just need to be kicking a tree uh, and so, yeah, Milwaukee, I don't know. Doc Rivers, obviously some ceiling questions, uh, but I, I, I don't know. There's not that many good coaches available in January either. So you're kind of uh... – oh, shit, can you hear me? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> you're all right. Um, uh, yeah, there's just not that many good coaches available in January. Super hot take uh, from the the State of the League podcast. Cutting edge analysis, ladies. And Mike Dantoni's out there. He won't fix your defense, but hey, maybe he'll hire someone to come in and do it. It's, and, it's and funny to imagine, the like them, the front office being like, "All right, <laughs> we have a uh, who's who's left, who's out there. We just fired Budenholzer." Uh, we made Terry Stotts so angry and embarrassed that he walked out <laughs> before the season started. And then this guy who like has just, I mean, the most established playoff dropper in not, if not NBA history, the last 20 years at the bare minimum, he just has not been able to elevate a variety of talented teams. And they're like, all right, I guess that's the guy we got to go with. I'm not calling Mike Budenholzer again. So let's go doc. Woohoo. Dan Dan Tony's a fraud. He couldn't beat the greatest basketball team ever assembled with the Warriors, and he couldn't beat Kobe Lakers and Duncan Spurs. So the fraud, fraud. It's embarrassing. It's embarrassing stuff, Michael. Um, <laughs> all right, moving on to not fraud coaches. Nick Nurse, legit. He's he's he's. Giannis lying. didn't want him. Why did no. Giannis not want him so hard? Like who who was he getting information from? Why was he like? <laughs> I'm not playing for Nick Nurse. Why? What? What was the concern? I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe there's just like uh, a lot of um. Maybe there's like a big international player group chat, and all the international guys mm-hmm. up in Toronto. OG's like, no, 
He doesn't let me. He doesn't let me like dribble as much as I want to. And Siakam's like, no. He doesn't let me do thirty post ups a game. You don't want this guy. Uh, it's just that he, he, no, he's not going to work out for you. So, yeah, he's been really good in Philadelphia though. Philly is three and one in their last four. Obviously, the big story right now is Embiid going for seventy points against the San Antonio Spurs. Um, there was a weird loss to the Pacers after that, and I really have no idea what to make of the Pacers. They just have like random good defensive games at this point. So I'm just going to focus on the 70 points. That's that's really cool. Good job, Joel Embiid. One of the greatest scoring seasons we've ever seen. One of the greatest scoring games we've ever seen. Um, there's there's not really like a fraud angle you can take with 70 points that's my like you look around online people are trying to discredit it it's it's difficult uh he's really really good what do you think about the sixers i have one fraud angle he was sweating so much during that game (laughs) like at the free throw line dripping how are you supposed to guard somebody that moist that wet like he's literally he he's essentially a water logia at that point i don't i don't know how you even touch him so add that on top of uh today's weak uh defensive uh defensive rules that you already already can't touch guys how what are you supposed to do the guy's basically water so that's why in in an era like in the um or wait if there was if there was no air conditioning, would he be more sweaty or less sweaty? Oh, he'd, he'd be, be more, hundred percent more sweaty. sweaty. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So now my take is flipped. Now my take is <laughs> this would have been a hundred point game in 1980 because without the AC, um, there's nothing slowing him down. So yeah, Jesus, no. man, and beat is great. Yeah. Where LeBron's cramps because San Antonio shut mm-hmm. the air conditioning off. It's not happening to Embiid. You're just making him stronger. Uh, Everyone would drown if they did that. <laughs> oh, my God. Tragedy at the Alamo Dome as 40,000 people drowned at Game 5 of the NBA Finals because Embiid was so sweaty that he filled up the bat. whole building. <laughs> oh, my God. Um. Yeah, other than that, I don't know. Uh the jump shooting to me uh, is just like what I wrote down. I was like, wow, that's the thing. People are like, this has to translate into the postseason. I feel like that's the thing that hasn't translated into the postseason in previous years. And this year, it seems that he's doing it at a higher level than ever, just in terms of like being automatic from the 12 foot free throw line area, both elbows. Uh, if that trend, like all of the other shit, uh, He's still quick in the postseason, even though he's had a variety of injuries. He moves very well. He's fluid. He's a great defender. He can get to the line, probably not. I don't know. He doesn't get entire teams in foul trouble in the same way in the postseason. But yeah, if the jump shooting continues, uh, that's like I, I feel like that's where we will see kind of a maintaining of this level of production for Embiid, and that's that's what I hope to see. I know I know I come across as the haters, especially if you give me the Twitter follow. I'm quick. I got a quick trigger on there, uh, but Embiid's really good, and I hope he does do good in this postseason. Yeah, I, I think I, th- I feel like the turnovers come come with dribbling. I feel like that's his main obstacle. Um, not that he's necessarily bad at it, but just like as soon as he dribbles, they're like, okay, this is a vulnerability. Let's let's swarm and attack. And so, yeah, dri- dribbling and passing is like the weak point. But I mean. 
maybe if I'm him, maybe you just stop doing that. Maybe just stand still. <laughs> to, stand still? To, to just that. shoot. Just shoot yeah. it over the guys. Nobody's <laughs> as big as – yeah, I don't know. When you look back to last year, uh, even the Nets series, I think he got hurt in like game three is when he tweaked his knee or whatever. But even the first two games, he did not look super effective offensively in that series. This version of Embiid seems like he would shred that team just in terms of you are right. Like he would dribble and like they would send a triple or whatever and he would pick it up and he was really bad at decision making in that series. And now like it's a very easy read just to the open shooter or the guy who's capable of making the extra pass to the open shooter. And I think he'd be a lot more willing. I mean, he's averaging six, whatever assists this season. He's, he's definitely upgraded that part of his game and it's going to make him a lot more difficult to stop in the postseason. So yeah, shout out Embiid, shout out Nick Nurse, shout out Philly, shout out the whole city. Who is the next seed? Oh shit, it's the Cavs. The Cavs are on an absolute tear. Three and one in their last four, nine and one in their last ten. It's weird. If you told me this Cavs team was gaining the aggregate talent of uh, Evan Mobley and Darius Garland on top of the level of basketball they're already playing, I'd be like, oh, that's like a legit conference finals threat team like these guys are playing so well if you just told me they're getting two really talented guys back but when you tell me it's Darius Garland and Evan Mobley that doesn't move me in the same way I'm like I'm more concerned about like is this level of play are we going to keep doing this when they come back or is there just going to be a lot of skill overlap that leads to a lot of weird front office questions what do you think about Cleveland right now yeah it's 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 hard to ignore that Jared Allen is like playing out of his mind again. He looks like peak prime Jared Allen again. And it's uh, like they, they feel like they're the new um, Sabonis and Turner from Indiana where everyone's like, okay, both of these guys are really good. But for whatever reason, them together, not not quite it. Um, and so having having the two the two non-shooting bigs uh, – is is uh yeah a little limiting but now that jared and now that's just jared allen um they're using him a ton as a playmaker and and lob threat and stuff like that and uh defensively he's been amazing and so they're they're playing uh they're playing my boy sam merrill 43 percent on six attempts per game uh donovan mitchell is going bonkers he's he's like man guys i'm back to prime donovan mitchell so i I'm interested. I'm really interested to see if this continues when Garland and Mobley come back. Because if there's immediately like a drop off again, then I wonder if you do have uh, questions to ask about like what what would be what are moves that could be made. But but then you also have to balance. Well, Donovan Mitchell doesn't want to be here, but we're winning with Donovan Mitchell when he's here on his own. So what if what if we're like no, please stay will get other guys around you. <laughs> so I don't know. It's it, they're, they're in a weird spot because they had so I, – I loved them last year. They had so much momentum going into the playoffs, but then the Knicks series kind of killed off all optimism. And I feel like we everyone has been at their funeral for, for like up until, up until this past month. Everyone's been at their funeral, and everyone's like, yeah, not going to work out this team. Yeah. But now now all of a sudden everyone's like, wait a second, this, this team – this team's awesome. They were awesome defensively last year. They were awesome uh, this year. Donovan Mitchell's still really good. So I don't. I don't know what to think about them. I'm. I'm. I'm intrigued. 
Yeah, I don't know. It's an interesting uh, comparison. It's insane that Jared Allen is only 25 years old right off the bat. Like the <laughs> fact he's definitely in that Steven Adams tier where he's just been around on teams that have been in the spotlight for forever between like the fun uh, D'Lo, him, uh, who the hell was the Elmer Fudd lookalike in Brooklyn? Jared Dudley, uh, oh. that that team. Um, between that and this Cavs team and all that, he's just been around forever, and he's been so solid and so dependable. And it's an interesting com- uh, comparison between him and Evan Mobley and uh, the idea of like potential versus tangible production. Because I do agree that uh, Evan Mobley's ceiling, like the the apex of what he could become, uh, it's better than what Jared Allen is right now. I think there's um, a couple of different things that he can do at a higher, or he should be able to do at a higher level than Jared Allen can right now. But in like, will he hit that? And like, what is the percent chance that he becomes better than Jared Allen is right now? And if you had to pick between them, if you're the Cavs front office, do you kind of roll with that potential of Mobley? Or if it means you can hold on to Donovan Mitchell and kind of build around these two and maybe add some talent around them via moving Mobley and Garland, do you do that? That's like a very, very difficult question to answer. I haven't put a ton of thought into it. I don't know what I would do, but I'm glad that I'm not in the front office making those decisions. But right now, they're playing fucking great, so who cares? I think we're assuming that a lot is going to go wrong. It could go right. It could just, like, still rock when Mobley and Garland come back. Shout-out Sam Merrill. They, sh- they should have got him. Have they announced three-point contest yet? I don't know if they have, but if they if they mm. do, he has to be there. I know, uh, I know Sabrina. Sabrina... Ionescu, yeah. yeah, yeah, she she's going against uh, Steph Curry in a three point contest. So I'm sure everybody will be super positive about that, and there will be no negativity or misogyny of any kind. And I definitely haven't seen people spamming same size ball. Oh, she's using the same size ball. I haven't seen those comments at all. So shout out to you guys. You are really nice and good. Um. Who, the, they're they're both carrying the entire weight of their gender on their back. Whoever loses that <laughs> night, it's just gonna be oh my god, it's gonna be World War Four. Perfect. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it. I thrive off toxicity, so we'll be good to go <laughs> over here. Um, speaking of toxic environments, although not really, I don't know. Being in a Tibbs locker room sounds like it has the potential to be toxic. I don't think <laughs> I don't think it's toxic right now. The Knicks are running the motherfucking league with OG Ananobi. They're 4-0 in their last four. They just beat the brakes off the Nuggets at the end of a long road trip for Denver. Um, That's just me coping. The Nuggets definitely should have had a chance to win this game, and they just, like, Jokic played fine. Everybody else, they got the New York treatment. Uh, Jackson Frank, friend of the pod, he had a great tweet where he was like, all their role players beat you with hammers. And then their uh, their star players also beat you with hammers on offense, and I think that's a really good way of describing this team. They're extremely gritty. It feels like we let Tibbs collect like an infinity stone of players that fit his play style uh, between like Hart, DiVincenzo, OG, Brunson, Hartenstein. It's just like how's there how's there so much grit on one team? How are you feeling about the Knicks right now? 
This this is like the best. This is like the Knicks fans. You guys got to soak it in right now. I feel like this is the best it's gonna be. Um, <laughs> they they are not losing at all. They're putting up these crazy numbers. Tibbs is walking into press conferences laughing. He's like, ha, ha, ha. it's like the most evil, menacing thing ever. <laughs> um, everything is going their way. Um, they they have Candace Parker saying Jalen Brunson was bad in the second round, and then they get to say, oh. 30 points, six assists, whatever on 60% shooting. That's bad. The world is against us. The entire media world is against the New York Knicks, of course. They're all rooting for us to fail. Um, they, this is, yeah, this is like peak for them. Um, they, they are very, very good. Um, I, yeah, I, I don't, I don't want to rain on the parade. I would, I would just, I was thinking about this. I'll rain. I, was, I don't care. I would feel, I would feel so much better about them if Mitchell Robinson was coming back this year, but he's not. Um, but yeah, ultimately, ultimately, they're they're playing really good right now. I don't really, I still don't have them in that tier uh, with like with the Sixers and with the Celtics. And wait, who's in the third seed? Who am I forget? Oh, the Bucks. Uh, I, I, yeah, I still Bucks, think... Bucks, Sixers, Celtics are top three. Yeah, I still, I still think those three teams, um, just by virtue of their stars, are are on a level above. But right now, mm-hmm. the Knicks are the Knicks are performing at that level. So maybe, maybe they'll put put me in my place. I mean, yeah, I I agree with that because Mitchell, like, if you could get Hartenstein's production off the bench with Mitchell Robinson starting. Cause I like Mitchell Robinson more as a defensive anchor, even though Hartenstein is, uh, he's like surpassed what I thought he could be on that end. Like he's, he's blown my expectations out of the water. He's been really good, but I agree with you that uh, the star power of the other teams, the Knicks don't necessarily have the depth to make up for that. And it does suck because, Oh man, I don't I don't want Julius Randle's played fine. He's played fine. He's played really good lately. But when you kind of look at the construction of the team and you're like, okay, what position could we make one direct upgrade to right now that would kind of like take us from high tier B to low mid tier A team? It's like getting a superstar in the front court or wherever you want to, that can allow Jalen Brunson to kind of slot to being the second man. Everybody stays producing where they are in the offensive depth chart, but you just have a guy who's like one of the best players on the planet spearheading your attack. Yeah, that that's a, I think they have the framework in place for that to be a team that would be kind of intimidating in the East. But right now, can Randall maintain into the postseason? Uh, I don't think that's an unfair question to ask. And even if he does, I feel like that kind of just puts you on par with a lot of uh, other teams. Like right now, would I take the Knicks in a series over the Heat? I, I don't know. Uh, they haven't kind of mid recently, but I, I still don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know if I would. Uh, would I take them in a series over the Pacers? Probably, but it's not like a lock or anything. And would I take them in a series over any of the top three seats that we already talked about? Probably not, barring like another Embiid collapse, or I mean, maybe like Dame just lets Brunson average 50. There's a lot of questions. <laughs> uh, the Knicks are just in that tier of being really good, but not great, where those questions are still pretty valid. And I feel I don't want to hate on you. I'm part of the media. I'm not against you guys, <laughs> but you know, uh, Julius Randle's fallen off in the past, and so these these are questions. Uh, shout out to Brunson though, for real. Uh, do, uh, were you shocked by the Damian Lillard All Star starter news? 
Oh, I, you know what? I really, I really spent very little time thinking about it up, up until I saw the news. And then once I saw people saying that it is surprising, like that, that Brunson statistically like has a case, um, and and he supposed supposed to have the greatest friends in the world. Knicks fans, he slacked. Uh, <laughs> supposed to have th- that backing, but they couldn't get him over. Like, and Lillard is supposed to be a guy who was torching his reputation all summer long. Like everyone's like, we hate this guy now. What mm-hmm. happened to loyalty? Uh, Portland turned on him or whatever. And uh, I I know like the Bucks. I, I'm sure the Bucks have a lot of loyal fans, but like. The Bucks are a team where when the Bulls go and play there, when the Bulls are good and they go and play there, like there's more Bulls fans than, than Bucks fans. Um, but well, yeah. well, may I guess I guess we haven't really been good during the Giannis era, but still, like they're they're not they're not a team I normally associate with like the the absolute top of the NBA, like in terms of fanatics and stuff like that. So I mm-hmm. I was a little surprised to see that Lillard beat out Brunson with the New York New York Knicks. You got to get on your you got to you got to study the K-pop fans. They got they got Wiggins into the All Star game. You guys can't get your own. Yeah, that was that was a big letdown as far as like uh, the mecca of basketball goes. Do you guys not have fucking computers? What's going on? Just vote. Like it's not. Although I say that I probably voted for All Stars like three total times. Uh, I would just like randomly see a tweet and be like, "Oh, I'll vote today." And the whole I, time I don't, I don't know, know if I've I don't know if I've ever voted. Uh, wait, you can do it on Twitter. <laughs> I, there was I liked that a lot more. They did one year where it was like, um. If a tweet had like a player's name and hashtag NBA All Star vote, and you retweeted it, that would count as a vote for the player. And I don't know how the hell they counted all that. That's uh, <laughs> insane. But I didn't mind that system because it made it pretty accessible. You count the occurrence of the hashtag. My producer is telling me. Mm. Thank you. Um. Yeah, so well, I don't know. I didn't mind that system. Now you have to have like an NBA ID and log in. Uh, oh. And that sounds, that doesn't sound very cool. That sounds a lot more Milwaukee than New York. So yeah, I guess it's not that surprising. Wait, Maybe you, wait that's, really the only, that's the only what? way to vote. You need an NBA ID and log on to the site to vote. Is that it? I believe, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, like you can't just like that's why i didn't vote more because like i it's not like some uh, big thing if i'm like doing uh, the wordle or whatever i could just pop over <laughs> if it's easy like that but they make it there's a little bit of a barrier to entry there my phone won't remember my login guys make they, it easier they gotta please. be they gotta they're probably lying about the numbers right on the, uh, has there been a severe drop off in the voting there's no way they can go from twitter retweets to nba.com sign in and not have a severe drop off or is is the nba credible with their numbers has there been a, a, a noticeable drop because someone needs to get in on this investigate it who's going to investigate it? la times laid off everybody oh no oh fuck sports illustrate all right we got to get a we got to get mark ruffalo and spotlight up here mm. and they're going to do an investigative thing on nba's all-star voting i like that it's a pressing it's a pressing uh it's a pressing issue in today's times maybe the most pressing issue uh all right after the knicks we're heading down to south beach uh for the mid ami heat <gasps> they traded they traded for terry rogier just to lose weird games uh right off the bat what do you think about the terry rogier trade how do you feel 
I think I think for sure it's a W for them. I think he'll he'll come in handy during the playoffs. Just just another another guy who can cook. Another, another cook in the kitchen. Another. <laughs> that is such a funny way. To, can't have too many of them. That's how the that's how the yeah. saying goes. Just one that's, more cook that's in the what, kitchen. That's what the bear shows us is that everyone loves getting in each other's uh, space. Yeah, yeah, that's what the bear's all about. Is it when the guy gets locked in the freezer, everything falls apart. It definitely doesn't go super smoothly because this giant fucking psycho isn't running around the kitchen anymore. That's the moral. Get, it's be mean the, to your coworkers. <laughs> get the fuck on my expo, chef. I want another shop creator on my expo helping me out. That, that that's the type of thing. Oh uh, man, you can't have Jaime. Fuck off. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, um, that was uh, I. I guess uh. Another question was if you could do this or you could do the if you could get Dame for like the general reported package. I don't remember what it was. I think Jaime was in it. Uh, would you rather have Dame or to me, this is like Terry Rogier. Uh, you're getting him for a first round pick. Essentially, you're like dumping Lowry's salary. And for a first round pick, you are directly upgrading from Lowry on both ends of the floor. So would you rather have that or would you rather have Dame? This would have been an insane question eight months ago, but right now <laughs> it's kind of in a weird spot. So I don't know. How do you feel about that? I um uh, honestly I was I like I know I saw Bill Simmons say this too. He's he's like, hey, I don't know. Terry Rose he what did he say? He said Terry Rosier's eighty percent of Dame on offense and then Yeah, that's too much. He went too far. I saw that. <laughs> he's like he also is better on defense and playmaking i'm like eh, if that was the case i feel like that we'd be a lot more excited about Terry first year um but yeah i would if i'm them i would probably still have rather done the dame trade because i think it gives you um a dynamic a more dynamic uh ceiling uh come come playoff time like as as good as jaime is i think we do probably should remember like this was a four-year college player i think he was four years right at at, mm-hmm. at least three um i think four like these guys are supposed to be good coming in year one so it's not necessary it's not like a given that he's just gonna keep on going up from here um like like chris duarte came in the league and uh super old and was like the best rookie for a little mm-hmm. bit malcolm and- brogdon that's another one yeah, like like it's it's normal for the older guys to come in and be really good. So not not to discount Jaime's credit because he's a good player right now, and it's it's valuable for them to have. Assuming he can uh, carry this on into the playoffs, um, it's valuable for them to have that. But if I'm them, I still probably would have had wanted to do the the Dame move. But right now they're like they're they're just they're just the very typical Miami Heat still. Um, uh, some of the some of the faces have changed, but like here we are in January, they're on they're on a five game losing streak. Everyone's like, "Oh my God, they're done for! They're done for! It's not gonna happen this year." Jimmy Butler, stop taking shots. Um, <laughs> even though he's he's super efficient uh, doing this, uh, but he he stopped taking shots. They're losing. Uh, do they don't care about January? So that means they must not be care when it comes to the playoffs yeah guys learn a lesson for once in your life <laughs> this we're we're we gotta we gotta 
read read the history books, guys. Yeah. Otherwise, you're doomed to do different shit. That's how this thing goes. <laughs> uh, something so it's gonna it's gonna change this time. This they're really dead in February this time, guys. There's no coming no coming back from this one. Uh, yeah. I'm I'm on board. I don't know. I feel like the Jaime shit about him being four years in college almost doesn't get talked about enough. And like, this is the real hater in me because he is only 22. <laughs> And uh, like he is, he has been really good. Like he's he's straight up a very good rookie. But simultaneously, people are like, "Oh my god!" Like this rookie class, Wemby, Chet, Jaime, and I'm like, that is two <laughs> different. That's, those are two different tiers. Like this is like a role player versus a young star situation. And maybe I look like a fucking moron in four years. Maybe he does just have like uh, exponential growth with maybe him. he's the, he's the actual next Jimmy. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe, I don't know. But most of the time, uh, yeah, it's like a Jason Tatum, Kyle Kuzma graphic where oh shit, <laughs> yeah. Kuzma killed at Utah older. for a while. Yeah. It's like, yeah, he's going to be a good rookie. And then Kuzma rocks. Now I'm getting the death stare from my producer, big wizards fan over there. I like Kuzma. He's good. I'm just saying comparing him, <laughs> comparing him to Tatum was maybe a little bit much, but that's that's Lakers fans for you. Um, yeah, that, I like that draft was so sick, though, that they made with the, with yeah, the it's bars. Like, <laughs> it's like batteries and it's like, oh, um, <laughs> shooting. And they're both like 34 percent from three. And you're just like, <laughs> OK, cool. I, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. Rookie Kuzma was fun, though. I will say that because uh, I, I didn't know his name. I wasn't paying attention to shit back then. So he just kind of exploded out of nowhere. And you're like, whoa, 17 is a rookie. That's that's pretty good. Uh, all right. Miami Heat. Oh, by the way, 0-4 in their last four. I don't have a single thing written down about any of those games. That's how much I did not. I didn't tune into the Heat this week. I'm sorry, guys. The Pacers, though. Pacers, two and two in their last four, 500 basketball, uh, back-to-back wins with Siakam, no Halliburton, pretty impressive opponents too, was uh, Philadelphia with Embiid and then Phoenix who had won seven straight games. They overcome 62 from fraud Booker uh, to win the game. So yeah, uh, what are your thoughts on Indiana right now? Um, the Siakam trade is very cool. He's averaging 20. Eight and six on 54, 38, 65 uh, shooting. Why is he not making free throws? What's going on in Indianapolis? Um, 59% true shooting as a pacer. So he's he's playing pretty well. Uh, I think it's going to work out because he said uh, during the game, or he said in the post game or at halftime, I think probably post game, he said, I want to make this home. So unless this is a Kyrie Irving situation, looks like they got Pascal locked up. So the trade is a W. Um, things <laughs> that's there. so funny that Kyrie did that. <laughs> that he said, "I will." I literally verbatim, "I will resign if you guys will have me." And then he's, <laughs> he's gone like five months later. <laughs> that's so funny. Um. Yeah. The uh, All Star Weekend is going to be in Indianapolis. So if here's the thing, if I'm Jalen Brunson, maybe I'm calling up up the coaches and I'm saying. Don't include me in in the All-Star Reserves. I don't want to come this year. If I'm any NBA All-Star, I'm like, don't call me up. I don't want to come this year. If I have the chance between going to Mexico or going to anywhere, Europe somewhere, vacation for a few days instead of Indianapolis, the hellscape, the worst city on earth, um, I'm I'm just going to take it. I was going to ask about disgusting. 
I've um, never, I I've never it, personally <laughs> been to Indianapolis. What's the beef with Indianapolis on the State of the League pod? It's, it's just it's, shit. It's just a shit city. It's just urban sprawl. It's just there's there's um, re- it's just all roads and parking lots. It's the worst roads I've ever driven on. Uh, there's Damn. potholes everywhere. They don't care. Um, there's it's just it's just a bland gray city. It's hot in the summers. It's cold in the winters. Um, the only the only the only plus side is that they're basically in the central time zone, but they're Eastern time. So they have like a whole extra hour of sunlight. But yeah, I don't know. It's the the restaurant scene outside of Yats. Shout out to Yats. It's 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 not my, it's not the best. Um, it's just it's just a depressing place to be. I hate Indianapolis. Um, but shout out to everyone who lives in Indianapolis. It's probably more fun if you grew up there. I didn't grow up there. Um, and so I'm, I'm not attached to it. So I see it for the hellscape disgusting place that it is. Um, but it's cool for them that Halliburton, that it's there and Halliburton is a starter. What a blast. Yeah, that is cool. I was thinking about that because we're going to get to Atlanta later and there's a trade was like not even an all-star when it was in Atlanta. Uh, and that's very funny. Um, I don't know. The big thing that stuck out to me about uh, the past couple games, the wins with Siakam and No Halliburton, uh, I called it Moneyball esque here, where No Halliburton they give every they have a lot of like capable creators that they just like spread his touches out amongst and kind of recreate his impact in the in the totality of the game, and this fails almost nearly as often as it succeeds. But uh, when it succeeds, it's cool. It's like, whoa, this team's got TJ McConnell's fucking cooking right now. Nemhart, oh, my God. Uh, and so, yeah, uh, they're fun. They have a lot of depth. Um, and Halliburton does fucking rock. One thing I saw that was I, it made me curious, Halliburton obviously hurt his hamstring in a very scary fall. Uh, and he needs – Is do you think he might be like, pushing back uh trying to hit that 65 game mark because he has a lot of money uh on the table for being named like an all nba player and if he doesn't hit 65 games he's not eligible for that and so i think i wouldn't mind not having a games minimum for contract uh incentives I don't know. That's that's just something that I thought was pretty interesting when I read it online. Because yeah, if he's like rushing back, he played that one game against. Uh, it might have been Phoenix. I don't remember, but he he missed five. He played one, and he's missed four since then. It seemed like he came back a little bit too soon. And so yeah, I don't know. No games. No games minimum for contract incentives. How do you feel? Yeah, I don't. I don't know for. For contract incentives. So wait, so what? What exactly is the incentive that he has? Um, if you get selected, uh, whenever his extension is up, if you've been like an All NBA player, you're eligible for a lot more. That that's how you uh get like the super max whatever extension. Oh, oh, All Star, All Star. Oh, oh. So you're saying for All NBA? So he wants the Jalen Brown money. Yes, he wants that Jalen Brown mm-hmm. money. Who doesn't? You know. That that is interesting. That that could absolutely be a dynamic. I also think he's probably like take it take him off this team, and and they're they're kind of in dire straits. Like even with Siakam, it's it's a huge hole to um, mm-hmm. to replace that kind of production. So it's it's probably a mixture of both. It's probably like okay, I I need to I, I'm already getting the bag, but I need to uh, I need to 
to go all out. And then um, on top of that, it's like, hey, uh, this this team's kind of built around me uh, getting 13 assists a game and not <laughs> turning it over ever and shooting 40% from three and <laughs> being really good. And uh, what what seed? Are, yeah, they're the sixth seed now. So mm-hmm. it's, it's probably a mixture of that. It's probably yeah. competitive and money. And he just doesn't want to fucking stay like he doesn't want to have any more silly fits on the sidelines. Uh, mm-hmm. Against Denver, he had like a a Peaky Blinders fit on. He got roasted. Tyrese, you can't wear you can't wear the Newsies caps unless you're an old man. I'm sorry, no one's ever pulled it off. Not I, Tommy Tommy Shelby did, but he Tommy was in like Shelby. Tommy fucking Shelby. I, no one was gonna tell him how to dress, but he wasn't subjected to you know. The opinions of the internet, and unfortunately, you are Tyrese. So maybe you've just cool you've seen uh, Peaky Blinders. Oh yeah, I've seen Peaky Blinders. Uh, you, that's I'm, that's what Indianapolis looks like. The oh the... shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he just said Indianapolis looks like Peaky Blinders. Uh, <laughs> that's so fucking funny. Um, sorry, Indianapolis. Yeah. Um, but if you do really look like that, that's not good. You guys should probably move away, even if we're just talking like air quality. Um, moving down to the south, a city that I really did not like being in very much at all, Orlando. Uh, shout out to the <laughs> theme parks. That was super fun. But in terms of like driving around, I was like, holy shit, it takes 30 minutes to get to a gas station here. This is not chill. Uh, hey, at least right. it's warm. <laughs> Uh, they are one and three in their last four, five and ten in their last fifteen losses to the Sixers and Cavs. That's that's fine. Losses to the Grizzlies, not chill. Uh, they beat the Heat by eighteen points, which uh, the Florida beef continues for whatever reason. Uh, Paolo remains pretty inefficient during this stretch. The offense is really gross. The defense has slipped to 19th ranked in the last four games. And then Jalen Suggs hurt his knee. So, like, if he misses considerable time, that's the only backcourt player on this roster that's a reliable three-point shooter. And so shit, and shit he's get- the best defender on this team, too. Yeah, like he he feels uh like he gives this team a lot of its identity just through like uh, Dennis Rodman esque rebounds over six eight six nine guys where he's just tapping it to himself four times. Yeah, uh, what do you think about the Magic right now? Um, they they are like a direct parallel to the Rockets for me. Like in in my mind, they're the same where they got off to this super hot start at the beginning of the year, and we're like, geez, are the Magic ahead of schedule? And now, oh, I'm burping. Uh, <laughs> now they're they're back down to earth. They're back down to the eighth seed. Um, the offense is just, or, yeah, the offense is ranked 24th in the NBA. It's just so, so rough. Um, yeah, it's this iteration of this team has taken a step forward. They're fantastic defensively, but... They're they're not really gonna do anything this year because um, Paulo is not where you need him to be to be uh, like to to handle the burden that they're putting on him, and the rest of this team is just not very offensively inclined. So it's just they're they're just not there yet. So if you're a Magic fan, I think this year uh, it's it's better than probably any year you've had since Dwight. Have they had anything yeah. good in there? Like I, like I don't think they were going crazy for the Vucevic, Aaron Gordon, eighth, <laughs> eighth seed. Maybe game one of that that era where they they like beat Kawhi and in, in Toronto and like they they always seem to win game one. I I think they beat Giannis in game one and then they yeah. they get swept. 
Um, but yeah, this is, I think you're, if you're a magic fan, you're happy with where things are. Um, if you're a magic fan and you're interested in my thoughts on Paulo Bancaro, I just posted an hour long YouTube video with film breaking down Paulo Bancaro and what I think about him. So spoiler alert. I came, I came after, after I watched a lot of him, I'm a little more optimistic about him. I'm a little more optimistic about Whoa. him. Whoa. Um, but still, still, it's 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 murky. So head on over yeah. to Hot Tunes TV China NBA to, to go see it. Watch it. Watch an hour of it. Yeah, I can't believe why well, you're more more optimistic on the six ten guy kicking <laughs> around like a guard. Fuck. Um, I don't know. Only last thing I have: if you're a Magic fan, you better be scared. You better be shivering because your team is going to trade your best player. Wendell Carter Jr. is swirling in rumors. And since his return from injury uh, in these last four games, 18 points, 8 rebounds, 77% true shooting. He's like 45, 50% from three. If I'm a team, if I'm, if I'm the Thunder, I don't know. Uh, if I need an interior rebounding presence, a big man who... He's not Goga. Goga is a better defender, better rim protector, definitely. But he's not like a, a wash defensively. I'm calling. I'm seeing how much Wendell Carter is worth to these guys because they have a bit of a rotation issue at center. I don't know if either one of those guys is really backup big material. Maybe Goga just because he's not very talented offensively. But damn, Wendell Carter is impressed. I've been a big guy on him since uh, Chicago moved him. I was just like, if the Bulls are done with him, that means he's probably going to be good. Uh, so yeah, what do you, what do you think about Wendell Carter's play lately? Do you have any thoughts on it? He's, he's good. We got rid of him. We, we, we traded Wendell Carter and Franz Wagner and another pick, right? Who I think maybe Jet Howard. I forget. We gave two firsts and a Wendell Carter, right? I'm yeah. Did we, Wendell Carter's doing well for them. Um, Lori Markinen's doing well for the jazz. Chris Dunn's doing well for the Jazz. Um, imagine if yeah, those three guys. No, uh, I mean I'm not. I I don't feel bad about losing them, but I, I feel bad about keeping everyone else and and still trying to compete. <laughs> and like if you're going to compete, maybe Wendell Carter would have come in handy. Maybe Lori yeah. would have come in handy. Um, but yeah, it's just it's just a depressing life. I'm happy Wendell Carter escaped the the hell that is the Chicago Bulls. Yeah, I would not. I I wouldn't beat myself up for Lowry, uh, because he also he went through a whole nother team that didn't really maximize yeah. him, and then he landed in a place where he's kind of blossomed. Wendell and Franz is that's tough, uh, just because like the second it happened was any like I wasn't moved by it. I don't know anybody who was. They were like, oh shit. You gave up a first for like a lateral move at center, but this guy, he's been an all-star before. He just shot 38% from three. So, hey, look who's right below him in the standings, actually. Mother, the Chicago Bulls, two and two in their last four, wins over Toronto and Memphis and losses to the Lakers and the Suns. Um, Katie made a really cool game winner over Chicago. Caruso mm-hmm. made it very difficult. Uh, and then Kobe White. Has been 23-6-6 on 63% true shooting over the last 25 games. He's maintained a very high level of production. He's clearly like a a step-forward player this season. A diamond in the manure pile, if you will. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. They need to blow it up. That's that's the last thing I wrote down about Chicago. Yeah, Kobe is the only bright spot. They're winning too much right now. Um, 
we're we might we might just make it we might just pass up orlando who knows um <laughs> it's this it's so depressing where we are apparently calling detroit right now and we are like hey we'll give you zach levine for one of your blue chippers and the blue chips are Cade cunningham not gonna happen uh Jaden ivy hopefully i would love that i said this back in november you should do this maybe you should have struck while the iron was hot maybe do the trade when he can't get off the bench because monty williams is like i don't know this guy this guy looks like the devil to me um <laughs> maybe yeah i don't know uh jalen duran i can't imagine they would trade jalen duran for levine um, and then Asar Thompson, maybe, maybe we could get Asar Thompson because Monty Williams has decided that he's kind of lame. Kevin Knox is way cooler. Let me play Kevin Knox over him. Um, so that, who knows this? It's just, it's just a meeting, a meeting of two, two lobotomy brained teams that we'll, <laughs> we'll see. We'll see what's going to come out of their clash. It's like, it's like, it's like the opposite of conquerors hockey. What's the opposite of a conqueror? um a servant i don't know it's it's yeah i don't know it's it's just it's just maybe hopefully, maybe hopefully maybe dunce's hockey with... or something like that I could, <laughs> yeah yeah two big cone hats on uh the bulls i mean yeah if the, if the pistons trade okay obviously kate's not happening to me i i, I don't fuck with zach levine and i don't care like if you're the pistons you've kind of gotten into some single digit loss territory I don't think you need like adding him is going to be worth moving Jaden Ivy or Thompson. If they do that, it'd be a Pistons move. Uh, but yeah, this really is just kind of like unstoppable force meets immovable object of ineptitude because like that's good things can't happen to either of these teams. So we've got two polarized magnets and we're forcing them together and somebody somebody's going to win. Somebody's going to end up with the big the Killian Hayes trade package. Uh, oh so yeah, maybe I, I saw Killian Hayes like over the last ten games is like thirty percent shooting, and it's uh, like at this point, I think he he may not be an NBA player. What a what a what a depressing outcome. The Pistons are toxic. Lonzo Ball was on the bench for the Bulls. <laughs> mm. No, that's a, that's the only good thing. <laughs> and in in LA, he came and hung out. Hey, there we go. Well, he's probably just in. Yeah. That's so funny to imagine him like picking up his phone. Oh shit, my team's in town today. <laughs> let me go. Let me go hang out with them real quick. Oh man, that sucks. I, I like Alonzo. I hope he can. I hope even if he gets into like a Markel Fultz situation where he's not as good or whatever, I, I, I he, we could get like that's our generation's Jason Williams, where you don't look up the numbers, you just watch the highlights, and it's <laughs> um. All right, moving from Chicago to Atlanta. Oh, God. The, the Luka gave them 73, 0-4 in their last four. Do any of these games really matter besides the Mavericks game? Uh, Trey's only played in two of them, and he really only played well in the Mavs game. But uh, well is in quotes there. It's not super efficient. But, yeah, Luka, 73 points. They still only lost by five. Uh, it was very funny towards the end of the game how hard they were like, Luka's not scoring uh, to the extent where, like, clock's running out, 30 seconds left, and it's, like, close. It's like a bear. It's four-point game. They inbound it to Luka. The whole Hawks team does not move. They're like, we're not fouling you, bro. You're not going to the line. So they just <laughs> let, like, four seconds burn off before uh, Tim Hardaway or whoever gets fouled. So, yeah. Do you have any big Hawks thoughts right now? 
No, they're they're just in kind of a purgatory moment where we know there's there's going to be a shakeup coming, but we just don't know exactly what it's going to be. Um, yeah, I I'll tell you what, maybe I'll save this for the West, but are we sure? Are we sure Dejounte Murray's better than D'Angelo Russell? Are we? Are, are we oh, that's that's spicy. Sure? I like that. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, uh, yeah, I don't know. D'Lo's been on a tear recently. He he's been cooking. Uh, however, with uh my big my big thing right now is more so Trey because it feels like the final backcourt spot in the East might come down to Donovan Mitchell or Trey Young, and especially since it's the coaches deciding, they're gonna be like, whoa, well. Donovan Mitchell's got that team success, baby. They've been fucking cooking recently. Wait, and how many I, guard spots are there? Um, there's okay. So you have Damian Lillard, you have Tyrese Halliburton, you have probably Jalen Brunson, you have probably mm-hmm. Tyrese Maxey, and then oh, uh, yeah, yeah, because you have to figure Philadelphia will get two with their record being so good. Maybe they don't. Maybe, uh, maybe they go Mitchell and Trey. But if Trey doesn't make it. Back to back years, he's 26 and a half points, 10.4 assists on 58% true shooting over two full seasons. That I haven't gone through the history books. That sounds like one of, if not the best, two year stretch with no all star selections. Like that's insane production for very little recognition from Trey. This this year, I definitely feel like he's an all star. Like, I don't know. I don't, I would have to look at Maxi's stats again. I understand why they would put him in, and yet, mm-hmm. man, the fans—they're not there. I think it'd be <laughs> like like Maxi. I off in my gut, I would say he's like twenty-seven and six, maybe like twenty-six and six on probably sixty-ish percent true shooting, very good three-point numbers, uh, and then like pretty solid two-point free throw shit. So, yeah, I I think it feels to me as well. Trey's been an all-star caliber guy, and just. Yeah, Atlanta, the DeJounte Murray shit hasn't worked out. They've had a lot of struggles, and so, yeah. It's also hard to win games when your team is clearly like, hey, some of you guys are getting traded in a week. Yeah. Like, you're, you're not going to be here anymore. I wouldn't want to ball out for him anyways. But, uh, was, the, was there a year prime Houston Harden didn't make the All-Star team? I know he was left off the All-NBA team one year when he had a big year. Uh, mm-hmm. But did, did he miss out on an All-Star game at one point or no? I don't know. Um, Maybe, maybe the first year. Now I want to look that up. Uh, Like, because, yeah, I know he averaged like 29 and 11 and didn't make All-NBA, I believe, or something <laughs> along those so lines because of Steph and Harden <laughs> and everybody. Well, no, he's Harden. <laughs> oh, yeah, shit. Stephen Westbrook. That's that's my fault. <laughs> Stephen Harden. Harden? God. Speaking of lobotomies, me and you. <laughs> morons. No, he was an all-star every single year in Houston. So, yeah, okay, it's just, just the all-NBA teams. Uh, yeah, sorry, Trey. Sorry your fucking motion, your aura has died down in recent years, but we see you. You're a state-of-the-league all-star, baby. Um, Woo! Woo, and that's what really matters. Uh, Nets, Brooklyn Nets, this team oh. fucking stinks, and their future <laughs> looks bad also. What do you think about the Nets? The Nets? Well, you know, you've heard, right? I haven't. What have I heard? The rumblings. You feel it, of course, right? Uh, no, no. I need you to elaborate. <laughs> 
Ben Simmons. Oh shit! The thunder from down under. He's oh, ramping God. up. He's ramping up. He's coming back. Ben Simmons. The return might may maybe near. Is Ben Simmons the answer for this team? Maybe. <laughs> Could you imagine? There is a timeline. There's a timeline where like. 15 years from now, some dipshit kid is on basketball reference, and he's like, whoa, Ben Simmons finished 10th in MVP voting in 2024 because he, yeah. Brook- <laughs> he got the Brooklyn Nets into, like, uh, into like the nine-seed territory. We are not in that timeline. I think, I think they would benefit from having Ben Simmons. I think he's a capable basketball player that does things that they're unable to do right now, but simultaneously – uh, since December 27th, they have won two games, which is as many as the Wizards, who they lost to during that span. And they that's less games, that's less wins than the Pistons. Uh, Mikhail Bridges has, like, in that, in that since December 27th span, has been pretty mid. Uh, but in his last four, he's been 25 points per game on great efficiency. I don't know what this team does, because we've already covered it on here. They don't have their picks until 2028. But simultaneously... Uh, there's a real possibility that you probably wait too long trying to be as good as you can and you don't sell as high as you should on some of these assets, which like right now, we've it's a role player super team. Cam Johnson would look great on a bunch of different teams. Royce O'Neal would look great on a bunch of different teams. Mikhail Bridges, five first round picks, six first round picks. Who cares? Um, yeah, Dorian I don't know. Finney Smith. Yeah, Dorian Finney-Smith, too. Uh, it's just there's a lot of guys that competitive teams would love to add, and you suck anyways. That's I feel like that is something when I talk about the Nets and my brain kind of like, well, they're not trading these guys because they're pretty good and they want to be good. They're not good. They're really, really bad. Uh, and they, if they're going to be bad, they might as well get draft picks. I don't know. That makes sense to me. Um, it feels like all there is to say about Brooklyn. Do you have any any final thoughts? They, the fan base despises Jacques Vaughn. They do not like this man. Like I saw, I saw a picture of him in the post-game press conference smiling and the, the ticker under him says allowed a 22-0 run to end the game. And they were like, what, what's he smiling about? And they were so <laughs> mad. Um, the chemistry is not great. Uh, they despise him. They despise Spencer. Uh, that they, they gotta blow it up for everyone's not just not just basketball productivity sake, just for everyone's mental health. Cam Thomas mm-hmm. is is having issues with the coaching. It's it's oof. It's a it's a tough. Maybe just trade just trade every single asset you have, and just let Cam Thomas try and break Kobe's uh eighty one points every single night. That that'd be that might be more compelling than than what we're doing right yeah. now. I mean, it would be we would there would be a fun game in there. I don't know how many there would be. I can guarantee there'd be one fun game in there. And lately, Brooklyn basketball has not been fun at all. Uh, hey, but, yeah. but Ben Simmons plus shooters could ben be Simmons like plus shooters? <laughs> pretty much, dude. I unironically uh like when he. I don't remember what year it was when he was like seventeen. 18 points per game i was like dude you get this guy you just like let him drive the fucking hoop every time and i maintain that version of him maybe that would be yeah, really that's, good that's with scooters pre-back injury pre-confidence issues like he dropped it what did he do against the jazz he scored like 50 this yeah it was it was it was like 40 something with i mean gobert was like in perfect position every time the way that he is and but it just didn't matter because like 
he was such an athlete. Oh my god, I don't want to talk about Prime Benson. I'm gonna get sad. <laughs> this is stupid. Um, all right, even more north, more north than Brooklyn. What's more north than Brooklyn? Toronto. Even though, wait, I think isn't that isn't Toronto like down kind of below most of the United States northern border? Probably. Yeah, they're 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 deceptively south. I think the Timberwolves are probably the most north, right? All right, thank you, producer. All right, um, so yeah, Toronto zero and four in their last four games, lost to the Clippers, Grizzlies, Knicks, and Bulls. Who could have seen this coming? Losing two of your three <laughs> best players, uh, you get you get worse at basketball. You take a step backwards. Um, at this point, I don't know who cares. They're tanking yeah. the season. You're getting everybody developmental minutes now. Grady Dick sightings have spiked in oh recent in recent days. Um. Have they been fun? Have they been good? One of them was uh, the Knicks game. He hit a couple of threes, and I was like, Grady Dick, what are you doing here? Uh, but other than that, he hasn't looked particularly NBA-ready. Uh, it doesn't look like a like a knock-it-out-of-the-park draft pick at this juncture. Do you have any thoughts about Toronto? Yeah, a lot, a lot more Dick action these days. I'm pretty happy to see Dick. I think you got to just let him get these shots up because his entire value is going to come from just just shots like i i want like 20 i want 25 attempts a game from grady dick um he he is not a good player right now i I, there's a lot of like the miami heat they're like god you guys took a guy who sucks dick and his name is dick i can't believe it we took jaime um but i think i think grady dick is a solid investment for the future i think you just let him cook um, let that dick loose and, uh, you're not playing for anything. So just, just let, just let Barnes, um, uh, and Dick develop that chemistry. Is, let him, let him, let it fly. And we'll see how it goes. Is Gary they're, they're, Trent they're still on the roster up there. I think so. I think he's had a tough year. Get him the fuck out of Toronto. That, <laughs> I, like, that is a guy, dude. He's good. I promise he's good. He's good. And he would be good on a competitive team. I guarantee it. He's a tough shot maker. He's a big moments guy. Um, but I don't know. Yeah, there was a moment when they should have blown it up last year where he was like really good from three and really good on defense. And they were like, no, nah, we're going to hold on to this guy. We're going to make the playoffs. We're going to do something. And yeah, so masterclass on selling low. Shout out to Masai. Masterful gambit, sir. You you knocked it out of the park. You're killing it. Um. At okay. least you have Scotty. That's, that's at least you have Scotty. Who, I mean, he was well, honestly his efficiency, his three point shot. It's it's going down. Nobody say anything. It'll go back up. It'll go back up. He's still at thirty six percent on the season. I'll push his agenda to the ends of the earth. I like him a lot. Uh, the Hornets. Speaking of like him a lot, the opposite. <laughs> the opposite of that. I don't like him. I don't like him at all. One and three in their last three. Lost to the Pistons. Lost to the Rockets. Lost to the Sixers. Beat. Ellipsy dot 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 the wolves what the um Carl Anthony Towns 62 point game the Hornets come back from 18 down and win Brandon Miller was a big driving force behind that as well as a domestic abuser Miles Bridges um so yeah uh shout out to only Brandon Miller in in Charlotte um I don't have a ton to say on him besides that yeah, he's he's been great. I think in the last four games, he's 24 points, seven rebounds, three assists on 57, 45, 87. So Brandon Miller looking fantastic. They're taking their victory laps. They're saying, Scoot is trash, and our guy did this. So we won. 
just a reminder, guys, Brandon Miller is older. I think he's 21, right? Uh, mm-hmm. So he's supposed to be better. <laughs> um, and, and the whole argument oh, was ceiling. But I think Brandon Miller, I think you definitely do feel good about Brandon Miller. Like, um, especially right now, because Scoot looks rougher. But Brandon Miller is just probably going to be a good player for them. Um, and yeah, that's a W. Uh, Rozier, you traded him. Um, that's fine. I was honestly, I was shocked that Terry Rozier was there for five years. That seems mm-hmm. insane to me. In my mind, he's just he was just like on vacation for a little bit. Um, but yeah, all all of their big men are dead. Um, Mark Williams is dead. Nick Richards is dead. James Naji, uh, they didn't bring him over from Spain. He has a six pack and he's six ten. I would have maybe bring that guy over. Um, but they they haven't. <laughs> Uh, they have no big men. So Carl Anthony Towns was the biggest guy on the court and he just abused them. And, but they, they were able, they they were able to win that. And uh, so the Timberwolves are officially frauds and the Hornets are real. Um, I think we've, we've taken the miles bridges situation for granted in terms of if there were to be an NBA player who almost killed his wife, who almost strangled his wife to death and was allowed to keep playing in the NBA, if that had to happen and we had to pick a team for him to be on, it would be the Hornets because oh, he's yeah. just like just like out of sight, out of mind. And now but now there's all these rumors about him being traded to like good teams. And it's like, no, 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 because <laughs> I, I, I number one, I don't want to see this guy. Number two, um, he is a productive player. And so I don't need I don't need a. Stephen A. Smith and and all these people who are I don't need these people to be put in a position where they're for where they're going to praise Miles Bridges and say, well, aside from the off court stuff, as if he didn't try and kill his wife and and they're just going to like brush it aside. And I I don't want it because they're they're not going to make the correct moral choice. And no. like they're not going to talk about him in the correct way. Um, you should not Dude. expect them to. So I don't want to put them in that position at all. I just want Miles Bridges to rot away in obscurity. <laughs> that reminds me. We I was watching. I watched. Uh, I tuned. I threw on a Hornets game. During the player introductions, it was like the 5.30, whatever, 6 p.m. game, and they were running through, and it killed me because the announcer uh, – it wasn't like the uh, stadium announcer. It was like the TV announcer. That he was Eric like, Collins? Uh, maybe. Uh, he was just like, oh, Miles Bridges, trying to keep the focus on basketball. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I was just like, yeah, it's probably the best thing you can do while keeping your job, I suppose. Uh, yeah. If he goes, oh, I don't, I do not want to see him on the Suns, man. I don't want to watch. Like when what, you see, what, they, they, what would they give up for him? They have nothing. <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe Charlotte really wants that Grayson Allen. Uh, maybe, <laughs> maybe, crazy. maybe they'll get that. <laughs> maybe they want Bull Bull. Maybe Bull Bull will really thrive in Charlotte. Uh, him and Lamelo <laughs> can just wear crazy shit off the court all the time. That, the, the Miles Bridges trade would be crazy, be, or trading for Grace and Allen would be especially crazy because it's like you traded you traded the most violent man in the NBA for maybe the second most violent man in the NBA. Hey, dude, it's fucked up because uh, Grace and Allen, if he didn't like knock Alex Caruso out of the sky, um, he, he would he would have a chance to do the whole JJ Reddick arc over again. Mm. Be like the worst person on the planet at Duke <laughs> while they're a very good basketball team, 
come into the NBA, everyone's like, fuck this guy, and then just be like quietly really productive until you're on your last legs, and then everyone's like, huh, old man Grayson Allen sticking around. He's kind of shifty on the ball, you know? <laughs> this is fun. He should start a podcast, but uh, I don't know. That that Caruso move, that's, that's going to be like a South Park 21 and a half years or however long it takes for something to become funny. Until that ages out, he's going to be an evil bad guy in the eyes of fans. But probably yeah. right. Shout for, out right. Oh, what? wait, you continue. Go. You, you <laughs> I was go. just going to say, shout out Grayson Allen. He keeps his tantrums on the court. He has not <laughs> almost killed a woman off the court. That's what I was going to say. I was going to say he's <laughs> evil, but probably not to the same extent that Miles Bridges is. So. <laughs> Yeah, shout out Grayson Allen, and shout out to all of our sponsors. Shout out to Fanspo. I know you guys want to get on here, and I know this is the perfect spot to drop you guys. So, um, Dude, I, was, I I turned on the the Stay Hot podcast. Not only do they have a Little Caesars sponsorship, they had a I think they had a Steph Curry shoes sponsorship. They have an Under Armour deal now. What the what fuck, the Steph? Heck? <laughs> Dude, come on. Dude, what? Oh, okay. Well, uh, yeah, Steph, if you're listening to this, um, I'll argue against any housing, uh, any housing projects you want, man. Oh. Just let me get the shoe deal, you please. Lost us the deal. No, no. <laughs> shit. Oh man. Yeah, I don't know. With our brand of con, it's gonna be like a Blue Chew sponsorship or something. Um, what? Oh, what, what is I- Blue Chew? Is that like CBD or something? <laughs> no, no. It's a. Uh, it's a. Uh, it's like off-brand viagra and stuff uh it's like uh yeah um but it, could, i hear could it we on get like... a could we get a marianne williamson presidential campaign ad here what do we oh, what do okay. we think i don't know i don't <laughs> know what she the pod... no, she's got nowhere else to go <laughs> is she still running oh wait no one's running for the democrats never mind can we yeah. let's see what who's who's is anyone left? Well, Vivek dropped out. Is anyone left for the conservatives? Is there any like delusional? Um, or who's no. who's like the libertarian guy running? <laughs> uh, do you know any libertarian presidential candidates off the top of your head? There used to be Gary um, Johnson. Ah, damn it. Oh, All right, we're looking it up. In the meantime, hey, Washington, our nation's capital. This is a ah! smooth, this is a smooth transition. Uh, you know who you know who should sponsor us is Marvin Bagley because I'm about to plug the shit out of this motherfucker. Uh, the Wizards oh. are 0 and 4 in their last four games, but Marvin Bagley has averaged nearly 17 points and 10 rebounds on 60 percent wow. from the field in five games for the Wizards. Don't ask me about the free throw percentage. Uh, oh. he's he's bad at defense, but he's productive and he's fun. And I will say, the motor. And like the the second third jumps on rebounds that everyone's like this guy's gonna take the league by storm. That's been there in Washington. Like he's he's uh, seemed like he wanted to work hard, and so. Oh damn! The Libertarian candidate was RFK. Uh, so oh, okay, that would have been a great get. Damn, we can let him on. Have ha- let him show a six pack, and he'll be, he'll be like, guys, don't listen to the vaccine. We'll say for for the right amount of money, we'll say okay. The right amount of money. We sure. are the free market. We are the free market personified RFK. So hit us up, even though you dropped out. I don't care. We'll just hang out with you. Um, but your grandpa was a loser. <laughs> Lift the embargo. <laughs> your grandpa was a loser. Was Hell that his yeah. grandpa? I don't even know. I don't know. You could, and the thing about me is, you can give yourself a famous name. I'll just assume you're related. I don't do any fact checking. <laughs> Doesn't matter to me at all. 
I, um, I thought Kenneth Lofton Jr. I thought his dad was the baseball player Kenny Lofton for like many years, but it, it turns out <laughs> unrelated. Oh man, uh, Steph Curry thought his dad was Del Curry. Uh, turns out related for real. Actually, who could have seen that coming? Uh, all right. Do you have any big thoughts about the Wizards? Shout out to Marvin Bagley, but other than that, uh, it's not. Oh, I do. Here, I'll let you talk for a sec, but I just remembered something. Worst, worst timing in history for Marvin Bagley. Uh, what draft? He's 2018. Yeah, he's 2018 draft. So Marvin Bagley, he gets all this hype as having like the best second jump ever. People are freaking out about Marvin Bagley's second jump. They're like, this is going to do major damage. The next year, Zion comes and is better at it. <laughs> so <laughs> immediately everyone has forgotten Marvin Bagley's second jump. And and they're both Duke guys. So, man, bad timing for Marvin. Maybe 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 the people of D.C. will appreciate that second jump. Maybe. Um, the one thing I remembered was it's crazy. There was a Wizards beat writer, uh, and he got, his, he got his press pass revoked because he there was a new billboard outside the arena with players on it. And... He speculated on Twitter which players were eligible for trades based on which players were put onto the new billboard. That they is re- great. They revoked <laughs> his press pass for that. They're trying to silence the masses. I, I don't <gasps> fuck with that. Uh, that that made Whoa. me unironically kind of upset. I was like, that's like of all the stupid shit I've seen reporters say online and on TV. That's what we're gonna. That's what we're gonna get. Got people in trouble for. So yeah. Monumental sports. I will work for you if you want, but I don't. I don't agree with that decision. Um, and then the last guys, the the Detroit Pistons. Games have been closer and more competitive recently. One and three in their last four. That's one win. So, what do you think about Detroit? I think they need Zach Levine to to really to really put things over the edge. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll tell you what. The it's probably best if, if a season like this had to happen to them. It's best that it happened now because the Lions might be going to the Super Bowl. So I think they probably don't care that much because they're like, yes, we are maybe going to the Super Bowl. This is amazing. And I mean, I don't know. I say this as somebody who's not a fan of the Pistons, uh, but to be bad versus to be historically bad if you got to like pick. Yeah. You might as the, the streak was entertaining. There was like uh, added stakes i suppose um and for them versus like the spurs i guess the spurs have Wemby. i don't want to name drop the wizards as being bad uh the hornets yeah i don't know just like some of these really bad teams that aren't historically bad it's like dude that's not as much fun as a 28 game loss streak the 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 vibes when they were given the pist or the celtics when they had them on the ropes in that one game that was exciting out of this world yeah. Um, shout out to Detroit. Shout out Kofi. Shout out Little Caesars. Um, mm. That's the whole conference. Do you want? Do you want to do your game or do you want to do awards? Oh, all right, all right. Um, we'll do. We'll do. We'll do my game. All right, let's get it. All right. So this game is called "Can This Player Drink?" You have to guess. Can is it? Can, is this player legally allowed to drink yet? Because um, and if they're if they're not, then they probably haven't. Um, Jalen Duran is Jalen Duran. Can he come home after a tough loss and say, "Let me crack open a Heineken"? <laughs> I didn't. I didn't have him pegged as a Heineken guy, but I'm. I'm going to say no. I think he's twenty. 
You're correct. Jalen Dern, he can't drink. He he has more muscles than anybody alive, but he cannot drink. He's the grownest man ever. He cannot drink. Jalen Green, can Jalen Green drink? Oh, that's that's tougher because he, he was young, but it was a while ago. I'm going to say yes. Let's say yeah. Yes. Jalen Green is 21. He can drink. He can drink. How many Arby's of there? Because I want to uh, know. Let's see. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. There's eight of these bad. All right. Boys. If I don't get if I if I don't get at least six of these right, I'm on fraud watch. I feel fairly okay. confident about this. All right. Max Christie can can Max Christie can he parlay his Lakers fame into getting into parties? Or is he like, God man, I'm not there yet? Ooh. Max Christie. I'm going to say yes, because I think the guy I'm thinking of is Hood Shafino, who's younger. So I'll say, yeah, Max Christie can. Max Christie cannot drink it. He's 20 years old. I think he'll be able to drink in February. Oh, man. All right. Two for two and one, two and one. Here we go. Jalen Williams from OKC. He's lighting up the court. Is he legally allowed to light up the 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 one tavern in Oklahoma City that I must get the saloon? that they have there oh man the old watering hole yes yeah. absolutely because I, I almost asked you how many 22 year olds would you rather have than uh j-dub in the west oh. in the in, on the patreon oh. if, if you guys want to find that out maybe i'll actually do it now so go check out the patreon <laughs> jalen williams can drink jalen williams can drink he's a 22 year old man um Alper and shangun the laws in turkey are different but when he comes over here is he allowed to drink He's still growing. Oh. Hmm. This is tough. Is he 21? 21, can you do something for me? I'm going to say no. Shedgoon is 21. He can have a, have a oh, nice cocktail. I'm pissed. I, I went against my gut there. That sucks. But I got to deal with my decisions. Victor Wembanyama, Las Vegas' is dystopia. Is he allowed to drink at the dystopia? Uh, hell no, Wimbinyama. Um, no, he can't. He's he's a, he's a little baby. He cannot. He's twenty. Um, Chet Holmgren. Can Chet Holmgren? Can he join Jalen Williams at the at the saloon? Yes, him because he's a fraud rookie. He's fake. He, <laughs> he's a sophomore. He, he 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 was working out his one functioning leg for his entire year off, so he doesn't count. Yes, he's twenty one years old. All right, that's correct. And then the final one, can your own Denver's own Peyton Watson, can Peyton Watson drink? Absolutely not. I ref- He looks 16 <laughs> years old. I would be shocked if he's 21. He is 21. He, oh, can, hit up, he can hit up the horse racing clubs. Woo! Damn. So, so how many did you get? I got five. I missed Shangoon, Peyton Watson, and uh, Christie. So I'm on fraud watch. No tears about that. It's tragic. It's tragic. (laughs) Oh, well. Peyton Watson, if you're listening, um, you're still good. You're good at basketball. I'll guess you up there. But in terms of looking old, you don't do it. Uh, All right. Award. Julian Strother, 21. Huh. Okay. Damn. 21-year-olds look so young these days. Uh, <laughs> maybe I'm just getting older. Um, Jer- okay, Jeremy Lin, Player of the Week. 
I got Embiid again for the East. Kind of Wait, we got to remind people that Jeremy Linnell Insanity Player of the Week is the player who went the most insane over the course of the week. Okay. Well, I like that. <laughs> I feel like I feel like 70 is pretty insane. Um, oh, wait, scoring, what did you say? I said Embiid. Uh, if you oh. score 70, I'll probably give you this award. That's just a precedent I'm setting for all of the NBA players listening to this. If you want to, If you want to win this award, Lock it up, 70 points. You're good to go. Uh, over the course of the week, Embiid was 43 points, 11 rebounds, 4 assists on 55-44-90 shooting splits for 65% true shooting. We've already talked about him. Just the most overwhelming scorer in the game. Um, the the jump shooting, which I talked about earlier, it kind of reminds me of Zion like jumping or Victor Wembanyama just walking around where you're like, why can he do that? That doesn't look – that looks wrong. That looks like a glitch. So, shout out to Joel Embiid. Uh, that's my guy. Who do you got? Yeah, I I I agree. If you score 70 points in a game, then you're the Jeremy Linlin Sandy player of the week. Damn, the, only thing I, the only thing I disagree is that it's Joel Embiid. It's not Joel Embiid. It's Luka Doncic. Woo! Because he also scored – what did he score, 73? Yeah, he um, scored 73. Over his last uh, three games, he's 47, 12, and 10 on 57, 50, and 84. So Luka Doncic, you, there's a lot of discourse. People are like, wait, is he bad on Twitter? His, his on-off numbers are bad. Well, I think he's good. <laughs> All right. To keep it a bean, to keep it a buck 50 with you, I limited myself to Eastern players for these awards. I have a oh. West version of these awards where I have Luca. <laughs> um, so let's just run through them. If you have West guys, I don't care. All, um, all of my guys are West. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. Think well, that's about the thing. This. It's like running through the East. I was like, "There's no like no clutch shit happened in the East this week either." Uh, all right. So my Jer or my my Ferris Bueller's week off. Let me compare my two, and I'll pick the worst one for the West. I had Clay, uh, and for the East, ooh, yeah, I'm gonna go. I had Emmanuel quickly for Ferris Bueller's week off. Who do you got? Oh, really? Did he? I was, I was, I was having trouble. I was really searching for somebody, um, because people people were showing up this week. Um, uh, mine was DeAndre Ayton because he had two games under 10 points. He had a game where he took 15 shots and only scored 12. Um, a lot of bad Ayton discourse out there. Uh, the Suns fans are like, I'm, I'm ecstatic. We're, we have Nurkic over him. He's like, I'm a max player, whatever. It's not, not the best week for Ayton. And, and I mean, couldn't go to that game also because there was ice. That's what I was going to say. Is peak NBA discourse is people being like this lazy fucking moron <laughs> won't get out there. And there's like four inches of ice on the ground in Portland. And like people are like, yeah, this guy just doesn't want it bad enough. Gilbert Arenas is telling him to get out there with the shovel. So, yeah, shout out to Aiden. <laughs> Not great. Emmanuel quickly this week was uh, 11 points and eight assists. Eight assists per game is not okay. too bad. 48% true shooting was really gnarly. Oh. Um, and they are 0 and 4 this week. And so his first nine games in Toronto were really solid. That's why, like, I know he can do better than this as a shot creator and a scorer. And if he could take this playmaking and kind of combine it with what he did in that first run in Toronto, then I think that that's a very promising player. That's probably the guy that the Raptors are looking to uncover uh, in this quickly project. So. Yeah, you'd like to see him play better, but like we already said with the Raptors, doesn't fucking matter. Uh, they're not playing for anything, so who cares? They lost. Uh, 
Forks. Who's your Forks comeback? Richie, cousin Richie Forks comeback player of the week. Harrison Barnes, the the Jack the Kings fan, Aaron Schroeder. They came on this podcast. They slandered him. They told us we hate this guy. He does nothing. I would I would trade him for anything. He's 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 a schmuck. He's bamboozled bamboozled us. He's led us astray. Um, he's nothing. He's a nobody. Well, guess what? He comes back, drops like thirty two points, thirty nine points back to back games. Harrison Barnes is back. Yeah. Um. That's hilarious that he did it to the Warriors too, in like a one point a one point win for the Kings, their first uh, win in Golden State in like five years or something. Uh, it, it was a long time. So shout out to Harrison Barnes. He's been cooking. Uh, Jack the Kings fan, Aaron Schroeder. You guys are both kind of idiots right now. You're kind of stupid. Um, maybe you don't know ball, something like that. Uh, um, my comeback player of the week for the East, it was Brandon Miller, but I like the West pick more. I have Jonathan Kaminga. Um, oh. last four games, he's 26 and six, 26 points and six rebounds on 64, 41, 83 splits, 70% true shooting, all the animosity. Sometimes you just got to publicly yell at your coach and then your coach is like, oh shit, you're actually kind of good. I'll play you more. And Sometimes so you been, got you got to tell a reporter I don't like this guy. Tell people I said I don't like this guy. <laughs> you know how your job is to tell everyone the things that I say. Well, right now I am saying that this guy <laughs> he doesn't know what he's doing. And to be honest, I'm shocked he's still employed. Uh, yeah, uh, the big game Atlanta. He scored the most points, I believe, or maybe it's made the most field goals in Warriors history without a miss. He went for 25 on 11 of 11 shooting. And uh, he's he's just been like really solid. I didn't realize for like 20 20 ish straight games at this point, he's been like 17 points per game on really solid efficiency. So in what has been a gloomy, stupid, bad warrior season, even in lieu of his comments against Steve Kerr, he has been a bright spot in them in this year. So yeah, shout out to Kaminga, the bucket as they call him. I'm gonna censor myself there because that's a little gross. But all right. Joe Johnson, ISO Joe, clutch player of the week. Who do you got? Um, Kevin Durant, I think. I who, who did anyone else make game winners this week? He was the only one. Like no, I he was remember. he was the big game winner guy. But I zagged. So go on your Kevin Durant thing, and I'll I'll tell you mine. He he just had the sick double clutch in Alex Caruso's face, game winner. So I was like, that's clutch. That's epic. And I'm pretty sure because I I saw the it was like. 15 seconds left he buried one and then i switched back to a game that i cared more about and (laughs) then uh apparent like that was not the double clutch so he hit a huge one that if they had gotten a stop on the other end would have won them the game Mm -hmm. but they let chicago score and then he came down and did it again and so that's sick as hell uh kevin durant you know you're in goat you're in goat talks in my eyes definitely uh don't don't search your name on my twitter please uh Joe, mine, mine. I have Luca actually, uh, for the West at least. For the East, it was like Jalen Brunson because he had 20 points in the fourth against the Wizards, like at the start of last week. Uh, but Luca for fending off the Mavs tri- or the, the Hawks triple teams, um, just in terms of like they could have lost that game a la Carl Anthony Towns, a la Devin Booker, but he played very very well and made all of the right decisions and he made the yeah, wrong decisions at the right times <laughs> like because it's 
like they committed so hard to not letting him score. And there was two or three straight possessions where he should have had a 70 point triple double because he somehow split a triple team drives, gets the rim protector up in the air, dump off to Grant Williams or whoever. And they just brick the layup. And it's like, uh, now it's a four point game because these motherfuckers can't score. And so he's got to come down and score it himself. And so, yeah, uh, just in terms of like a very steady fourth quarter facing Probably the most difficult coverage you can. Uh, Luca was really, really good for the Mavs in that game. They're one and three this week. I don't care. That's how good he's been. So yeah, <laughs> shout out to Luca. Yeah, he's him and Jokic. It's it's like the, you you sometimes when you get into that mode where you're like, all right, we got to stop him from scoring. Let's just send everybody at him. It, that can almost be even more damaging because it's like he's always this is his environment. He's always going to make the right decision. He's going to go nuts like Luca. Luca made obscene passes yesterday. We're just just manipulating everyone with his eyes, throwing to guys who you think are guarded. It was it was just a masterclass. Shout out Luca. It is funny, uh, Luca and Jokic too, when he gets in like aggressive mode and Embiid, uh, and then like a couple other hot hand guys. Uh, it's just this caliber of offensive player that, combined with the way the game is officiated and the, and the rules we have in place, like Luca's so good that he makes people think that the Hawks aren't trying to defend him. Like, there's just this entire narrative now around, like, holy shit, nobody wants to play defense anymore. Oh, my God, this is embarrassing. And then, like, you check the highlight reels, and it's like, oh, 35-foot step back, 30-foot step back, behind the backboard fadeaway over the glass. It's just, uh, yeah, I don't know. They have um almost mastered offense to an extent that there's not much a defense can do besides send three guys over there and leave somebody open. It's a, uh, it's frustrating. I get why people are a little bit mad at the offensive explosion. Me personally stay mad dorks. I've watched plenty of mid two thousands film. It's fun in the finals. It's fun. Uh, it's fun when they're big games. It, it's not even fun in the finals. <laughs> the, it's, the I can next. I can guarantee you, <laughs> like you come home, you're just tired. You throw on the NBA or whatever after like a long, hard, frustrating day at the factory, or at the and, factory. Uh, <laughs> and then uh, you turn it on. It's like I don't know, Spurs Jazz in 2006, just like. <laughs> It's sixty-eight to seventy-nine heading oh into the God. heading into like the final five minutes of the fourth quarter. That that could honestly be like a high-scoring game, and it's just like Jesus, this is nasty. I don't want to watch this on a random day. So yeah, I like offense; it's fun. But maybe bring back a little hand checking. Maybe let guys contest a little vertically at the rim. I don't know. I can see some arguments for shit like that. I I was uh, on on the anniversary of Kobe's eighty-one point game. I was reading an article about it. And uh, they were talking about like how how it's crazy that he scored 81 because that's like this is an article from when it happened. They're like a lot of teams don't even score 81 right now. Uh, the like uh, this the, this team like teams have scored under 81 points a hundred times so far this season or something oh like that. God. And the um, one of the, like one of the examples they use is uh, the Spurs Pistons Christmas day game. I forget the score. One of them had 68 points and that's the Christmas day game. I'm like, Oh my God, I just, that's, that's not a present. <laughs> that's <torture. laughs> Oh man. Yeah. Yeah. I looked it up just for fun on the anniversary. I was like, Oh shit. 
teams averaged across the league 97 points per game when Kobe scored 81. So that's uh that's crazy. And then I saw I don't know it was funny. Um, oh shit, they're after me. The sirens, they're here. Uh, RFK sent sent the obvious. Oh, is he Kobe? Um, oh. Yeah. Uh, no, just the <laughs> fact that uh. David Robinson blatantly stat padded for 70 to, <laughs> to decide the scoring title in 1996 or whenever that was. Uh, I think that's very funny. That's that that's like one of the 10 70 point games in history now. It's just like, oh, yeah, just shoot as much as you want. We're up 30. This doesn't matter, but it will. How many shots did he bucks. take that game? Do you know off the top? 41, 41. He went 26 okay. and 41. That's, that's not terrible. That's not bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's fine. Um, all right. Well, if this guy's just gonna park outside my window with the sirens <laughs> on, I guess that's probably a sign from God that we should wrap this episode up. Uh, do you want to plug Hot Tunes TV China NBA? Hot Tunes TV China NBA on YouTube. Go and check it out. I just posted an hour long Paolo Bancaro video. I am trying to post five days a week. I don't. I think I only did three, but we'll we'll see next week. Stay tuned. Oh, stay tuned. Five days a week is fucking crazy. Shout out to you. Um, I got to get those watch hours up. <laughs> yeah, no, I respect. Hopefully I got to check our analytics here. Maybe we could maybe we could get some ads on the channel. Maybe we could get some <gasps> RPMs or something. Uh, I don't know how to do that for Spotify. I'm so out of my depth with all this technology, but we'll figure it out. Speaking of technology, patreon.com slash state of the league if you go there you'll be able to listen to us talk about the western conference which uh this was just the bullshit this was the filler episode (laughs) if you want the real cream of the crop if you want a fun a more fun game if you want more intensive analysts analysis damn i can't (laughs) talk right now (laughs) shut up um yeah go check out patreon.com slash state of the league if you want to follow me Jack, a.k.a. Jokic Joestar, Jokic Joestar on pretty much every single platform you can imagine. Uh, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, Letterboxd, Spotify. Um, I, I don't know. I got to sign up for a new one every week. And then uh, I can just Cartoon plug Network. it. CartoonNetwork.com. I'm playing the Ben 10 side-scroller game, if it's still online, the Flash game. That was a fun one. Shout-out Accelerate. Shout-out Ripjaw. Shout-out everybody. Um, thank you all for listening. Not Ghost Freak, not Ghost. No, not we all remember the episode. He was sentient inside the Omnitrix. That's fucking scary, bro. We don't we don't need that here at the State of the League. We're all about positivity. Um, all right. Well, I'll see you guys in the next episode.